This is the Mentoring Moments Podcast with Jensen Franklin and Marcus Meekum. Well, welcome to uh, our monthly podcast. I'm Marcus Meekum. I'm here with Jensen Franklin and his daughter, Courtney Bentz. And hey. we thought the best thing we could do is... <laughs> My is, oldest daughter. That's right. Your oldest daughter. One, mm-hmm. of, one of four daughters and five kids. <laughs> we had four, four girls in a row. And Courtney was the first. Uh, we had been at Free Chapel. We didn't know that Sharice was pregnant when you when we when we said yes. So that was kind of a, a, a double challenge. I found out for the first time I was going to be a father, and I'd just <laughs> taken a church. I had no experience in pastoring and had never pastored a church before or since, other than Free Chapel. <laughs> but uh, you were in the you were in the oven. Yeah. From the beginning, so you were my first youth pastor. Is that right? Yeah. So you said, I think on the first one, that you were the first youth pastor he entrusted with his pulpit. You were also the first youth pastor he entrusted with a child <laughs> that he had. So that's right. Um, you were my first first youth pastor. That's a great and, point. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Anyway. I just I just remember because it was quick, kind of how we got together when I, when I came. You had me live in your basement oh, no. for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And that's how I met Courtney. So I wanted to make sure you were saved. I woke up, putting him over. I woke up some morning. I know morning. about to tell. It, I literally pastors. was in the kitchen one morning, like, because you had a kitchen down in your little kitchenette in your basement. Right. right. And I turn around and there, there's Courtney. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was in my box. He was. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't think y'all had even told us that was he like, was then moved in. I'm and- like, hi, I'm your youth pastor. <laughs> It was definitely, okay, I knew that was coming. Funny. That We had to get that I mean, one out of the way. That's totally right? inappropriate. <laughs> and then and so Sarah let's talk about in. boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah moved in and they were, you guys were always so great about talking to me. I adore Sarah, your wife, and she's the best. And then I think. What do you like about her? She's, um, I think what, especially back then, she was very prominent in my life was, um, she just felt like I almost like what you described with your girls, very genuine, but also very laid back. Like I feel like I could talk to her about anything. things that I was going through. How and she important didn't get is shocked. a how important is a youth pastor's wife? I mean, good oh. night. You know, she yeah. builds that kind of of connection with the girls, particularly in yeah. a youth group, and that that they feel it's a safe zone that they can go and, and say I'm struggling or, you know, this, that, or the other. and It's it's a brutal time. I mean, I was 13 when you kind of go into youth. And for a girl, you know, I have two little girls, and I always tell Tyler, my husband, yeah, just wait till they turn 12, 13 years old. I, I didn't discriminate. We hated everybody because, you know, your hormones are all over the place. You're trying to figure out what's happening with your body. And then there's the peer pressure, the things that are happening at school. And so having someone who, to me, you know, with you guys, you were a young couple and Sarah was just, is so cool and calm to have that to talk to was a really big deal. And so she always made herself available, but it was never even planned stuff. It was just hanging out and doing nothing, watching a movie or, you know, whatever that was. And I I loved that about her still do. But she's she's the best. So yeah. So you, uh, Courtney, you, um, you and Tyler, your husband, uh, are 
real involved as far as attending the church. Of course, you work here mm-hmm. and work specifically in the media department. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pastor Brian Smith is director of the media department, and you're uh, one of the one of the major people in this uh, ministry. Uh, you mean so much to me, seriously, and I've just been amazed at your ability to lead and uh, not. I'm saying I'm saying it not because she's my daughter, but just really the confidant of our family. Um, and I guess that had, comes with blessings and curses, but all of us, if we, uh, when, when we've had issues in the family, let's say me and one of the kids got cross or, or something, you know, going on and heavy and there's arguments between the, the, the family, the, um, sister with sister or whatever, brother with sister or whatever, <laughs> Everybody knows to get to Courtney and tell your side. Saints, <laughs> now as we're getting older, it's that's almost the nine, that's the it's, nine in you. It's right? almost yeah. no, but she is a great counselor, <laughs> such a trusted voice. Of she always knows the scripture. She's got her own amazing walk with the Lord, and you know you can't you can't fool a preacher when you talk to somebody. She knows she she knows the word. She's very articulate. It's a lot in you. I'm not just saying that, but and yet to be even seen like it will be. But, um, you know, that's, that's, she's, she is truly a big part of our family. It's almost yeah. like it's impossible to stay very, very mad at Courtney a long time. It's, <laughs> you can't do it. She'll win you back. She's just sweet. She's just yeah. nice, but she's also, uh, very wise and, so that's kind of neat, and I'm so proud of you, and I ask her to sit in on some of these because I think getting a a woman's perspective, and, of course, you're very involved in divine ministry now. Sharice pretty much just <laughs> shows her up, <laughs> says, just do it, just do it. And uh, and she does, always does amazing. But, um, uh, you know, we we went through a season, of course, you know, where you lost your way, and, and we— were uh that was a that was a crazy crazy time that was our first time yeah going through something major as a family and uh we don't have to get into all of it we have we're not afraid to we're not ashamed to yeah. but um to see where you are today you know doing what you do and then she gave me our, our first gave me gave me and Charisse, <laughs> our first <laughs> grandparent our gr- grandkids yeah. Amelia yeah. and and yeah. the little uh, a grenade or whatever you want to call yeah. her, Elliot. Man, that, <laughs> that kid is she's dynamite. She's something else, and so is Amelia. Um, you know, it's just we've been through a lot. Been yeah. through a lot as a family the last two years. Yes, uh, have, have been pretty uh, incredible, and we've seen God do a lot of good things. You know, in our family. But um, I do appreciate all that you do. Thank you. Love you. Very proud of you. Yeah. I'm, uh, I think, I think on the side of it from being a pastor's kid, I think one of the questions that I get asked a lot too, even is what's it like growing up with him as your dad? And I think they kind of expect that we, you know, he would preach at us around the kitchen table and I'm like, I don't know. I don't have anything else to compare it to. It was just a normal dad, you know, I mean, not a normal, you're an exceptional dad, but in the sense of you you didn't shove things down our throat necessarily. 
Now, we weren't like you, Marcus, where you gave the, the choice of going to church. That was not... <laughs> That was not optional. It and, was reverse psychology. Yeah, yeah, but. it definitely was. <laughs> but he, um, I think it was really helpful to me, at least. Um, I feel like, and even in you guys talking about the mistakes and the mentors versus the mistakes, I feel like my, this might, I don't know if this is going to sound right, but a lot of the foundation of when I truly believe my relationship with God became stronger and stronger was in when I saw you fail, maybe in my eyes, or maybe make a mistake in my eyes, um, simply because you almost became, uh, as a teenager and through certain things, I thought, well, I'm good. He's my dad, so I'll kind of skirt behind him and I'll be fine. And I almost relied on you to have that relationship with God for me. And so when you were kind of larger than life in that area, when I felt like well, that's not right. Like, you know, and again, with that, I'm your firstborn child. So I recognize they were learning how to be a parent as much as I was going through and putting them through um, plenty of different things. But I feel like that's where I kind of had to make a choice of, okay, I feel like my person who I almost equate to my relationship with God very much tied in when I felt like this doesn't feel right, like he's let me down. That I feel like God almost used that as me being able to actually see Him and being able to have then, you know, an understanding of you as you're you're a man and you're a father. And I think that's helped me even through church situations of not feeling wounded or hurt by you know people's opinions of us as a family or different things. Is I feel like that really helped me see people are people, but God is God and He never lets me down. He never you know. He's he's always there. He's everything that I need, uh, and he knows everything he needs me to be. And so, I feel like that was interesting for me. At you know, thinking about all this, or those are the things. Not that obviously seeing your walk with the Lord was always very, you know, something that we talked about the other day. Just I almost hesitated to feel like I even wanted to be involved in the ministry simply because I had a front row seat to seeing the sacrifice that came along with it and the separation that came along with it, um, that you and mom both like lived. So that was, was a bit, it's a bit intense, you know? <laughs> well, I think, I think it's awesome that you're here cause we get it. We get some more inside scoop yeah. stories, right? Yeah. <laughs> but the other day when we were talking, I think this would be really helpful to mm -hmm. people. You were, you know, we were talking a little bit about, um, just over the last couple of years, the state of the church. Um, um, and, you know, just, you know, all over the news, just a lot of ministries failing and, and pastors failing. And, um, and so naturally when you're in this, I think church people too, but pastors, we, we're, we're not here to uh, publicize yeah. those failings, but maybe learn from some of them. And you were talking about that scripture you're reading about the wheat and the tares. Oh yeah. I, and I thought this was so good, but then we we went into also talking about um your dad's example with boundaries and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Why don't you talk about that? I think um you know that was something growing up and even on the the soccer story the other day that you guys kind of hit on, there's been several things that I feel like you've put boundaries up in your life of things that 
if you're not willing to risk your reputation or your reach or even your anointing in messing with certain things. So you don't drink, you don't, you know, mess around with any of those things. The not, you know, mainly not because you judge people who do or anything like that, but because you've never wanted to put yourself in a position um, to to do anything that would affect that, not just the church, but our family. And um, with women, he was always very, very careful in that area. Um, you know, we weren't allowed to. He, we, we had a very close friend to my mom, best friend, and if she was coming over, she'd cut his hair. And so um, we were not there yet. We're coming down the road in the car with mom and he calls in a panic. He's like, she's out in the driveway and you've got to hurry up and get here. And he would not let her in the house until we all got there. It was like, that was just, it didn't matter. That's even though again, they were all friends. That's how Sharice trained me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's also not willing to You know, it's just those simple boundaries, but, but it is, it does. You just have no business, you know. It just would be weird to be in the house alone with. It's, it's my house, and I'm not. Or in the car. In the car, just simple things, and yet you see so many. Once they begin to to violate those boundaries, it's one thing after another. For me, drinking is one of those things that I know me. I know uh, how I am. I know what I can handle and what I can't handle, and. I did it a little when I went through a little phase when I was a teenager, and I really I, I tend to like the, the, the feeling of a buzz or whatever. And so, uh, you know, I, I realize some of my best friends are are people who who drink and they seem to be able to handle that fine. It's not something that I'm going to do. I don't yeah. believe it's good for me. I don't believe. I've I've rarely seen people in the ministry, um, you know that that um, if they become big drinkers, it's it's a matter of time before something major bad happens. Yeah, and so you know, um, and you know, I think a lot of the young pastors too. You've got to always be aware that there's a mother and father in your church that are. Their kid is hitting that 15-year-old age or 14, where their friends are partying and bringing stuff, and and they need the support of a of a church staff that's pretty clear on issues yeah. like that. That is just standing strong on as an example too, as a yeah. personal example matters. It really, really matters. But at you know at the same time I, I think uh, we just say the Bible says we just say you know this is what it says it's about drunkenness this is for it's it's absolutely rebellion and wrong for a child to that uh, to 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 be getting drunk and and you have to start you have to start teaching that yeah so but I think in ministry you know people. Uh, pastors have to know their their life and know their weakness. Know their uh, you just see it. You see the same pattern over and over and over. And so many times, it's like that Samson. He just he had a struggle, and then he had uh, 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 sees Delilah and falls in love with her. He's a, and goes. And the crazy part of the story, though, 
is when he goes back to Delilah after she after he lays his head in her lap and and she says, "Tell me the secret." The crazy part it just moves from struggle to stupid. Yeah, is is he starts telling her, and that's I think that's the thing that I struggle with in all the news that you hear breaking all the time here lately. Is I don't think it's more pastors are falling. I think it's more the way that it's so public with Instagram, with social media, with there are no real time now, yeah. uh, you know, issues of, of information. And yet uh, it's so clear and you can see it. And, and then, then there's that, it goes from a struggle, a personal struggle, and people don't get help. People don't get, people don't get real. Yeah. People don't get like know themselves, know yourself, know your weaknesses, know it's not a God has grace, God forgives, God loves us, God never gives up on us. He knew our weaknesses when he called us. Yeah. But he also gives me just some things that I have to do. Yeah. Save yourselves from this untoward generation, the book of Acts says, save yourselves. It means it means if you allow yourself to go into that culture of the world, just like the world, partying like the world, living like the world, tearing down yeah, yeah. biblical standards and convictions that you used to have, yeah. I haven't changed. I mean, I haven't changed. I still have those convictions. It doesn't mean I'm more holier, holier than anybody. I've actually enlarged my thinking concerning, you know, it may be a problem for me, and it truly seems not to be a problem for some people, but it would absolutely to me it would be the inroad for a lot of things yeah. Yeah. that that could get out of control. So I'd rather put know me and 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 know what I need to be, and then your role changes as you become a father. Your role changes as you become an elder, like I'm beginning to, and now it's more about. I just want to end strong. I don't want to do anything yeah. stupid. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I, it's not just that, it, it, let's not forget. I mean, this is a different time. You don't get, you don't, it's, it's bad. It's hard being a pastor. It's hard being in, in this age of instant um, notifications and this and that, and everybody can go tape it, take every cheap shot of you and your family. Yeah that they won't and never even put a name on it, every accusation and not even put a name on it. It's really something living under that kind of pressure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so so even more so, you need to be, uh, to have clear uh, lines in the sand of what is acceptable for me and what is not, you know, and and that's something that uh, you can't start working on too early. Something you told me that I really liked was you said, um, and, and not to be too vulgar or graphic, but if you saw a shepherd um, out in a field uh, doing something inappropriate with the sheep, what would you think? And I was like, well, I mean, that would be nasty, gross, disgusting, you know, barf in a bag kind of a moment, like unnatural. Right. And you're like, well, I mean, you know, for pastors too, that's why we have to have boundaries. You know, absolutely, you, can't, you cannot is. be getting, you can't cross lines. You, you, 
can't meet with women alone with behind closed doors. You can't Text. take trips with them yet. Include their spouse in the text or another staff member with 100%. the text. 100%. Don't make comments on the way they look, they dress. Just don't do not do it. Just avoid it. And Something that simple of, of uh, is, is opening a door. It's opening. You just... I'm not I'm not a I'm not a fanatic or anything but I just you just even even if if you think something you should you everything goes through the filter of of what is right what is where is it where how would you do that how would I, I guess the thing that I've struggled with and I amaze at is when you hear of a of a minister uh that has has fallen in a situation at what point, you know, do you not know that this there's this is inevitable? You there if you go down those roads, that's that it's going to come out. Yeah. Never forget Bishop Tenney, Tenney saying there are two reasons I don't have affairs, and I don't have. He said three. Actually, he said I'm eighty something years old. <laughs> but, but he but he said the other reason that he's not being a playboy <laughs> is because uh, he said two things. He said God's against it. And they tell. <laughs> so that, that'll save your ministry. They tell. They always they tell. tell. They tell. They tell. They <laughs> tell. And, you know, number one, you ought to love your mate, your spouse. Yeah. Uh, you ought to love God. And. Um, marry someone like mom who. Yeah. Marry marry would, somebody would that you're you accountable. attracted. And while we're here, ha- have somebody in your life. Yeah. yeah. You know, where, you know, the times that I've called and been struggling or it, you've not judged me for saying, man, I, I don't know if we can do this. I don't yeah. know this. I don't know that. Right. And and we laugh about it and we joke about and we're fun and light right. about it. But you don't ever push me towards the sin, <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah. Or, yeah. or towards temptation. Yeah. And I, I again, it goes back to your main influences cannot just be peers that they they're not going to so keep good. you away you you have it at my stage i have to the reason i think i gravitate towards you that way cuz i could go the other way yeah. with my background not being you know your fourth generation pentecostal you know you have all that history i'm more uh, influenced than maybe you would have been because I don't have that background. So if, if I get around another minister that thinks this type of looseness is okay, it'd be hard to not be influenced by that. And it's good. so it's more good. than ever, you, if you're going to have boundaries, you got to have put yourself in in a world where they'll be. You can talk about it. You can get in the light. You can. Right. There's grace to to say, hey, I, you know, we acknowledge that, you know, I'm I'm not struggle. Yeah. Everybody struggles, and and it comes in it comes in seasons. The Bible talks about seasons of temptation. The devil tempted Jesus for a season, left him for a season. Yeah. Uh, there there are cycles, you know, of things that will hit you all along. Just through the years, you know, I could just tell if um, if 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 there was a, a a girl or something or someone that I had to be around working or something like that. You can tell, you can tell, you, and you can give off a vibe that, that absolutely. And then, and then once you know that there is something's just not quite, 
you know, like it feels a little. Listen to that voice. Listen to it and don't open the door. One of the most powerful parts of the Lord's Prayer is, and lead me not into temptation. Don't even let me get in it. Don't even let me put myself in a situation. Don't even let me open the door. Don't even let me entertain a flirt or uh, give any openings signals uh, in any way, shape, or form. And and luckily, I have one of those wives that has radar in that department. Yeah. yeah. And she, I, I couldn't, I couldn't get by with. <laughs> None of us could. She is uh, worse than the FBI, yeah. CIA, yeah, all of them combined. So true. I, honestly, if, when I was living a certain way, I could walk in the house. I could walk up to, to know him. Dumb, dumb. Yeah. To know Sharice is to know Sharice is to I could literally be out of my stories. mind. And I'm like, yeah, so, I'm blah, just, and I messed up. She'd be in the i having a full conversation. Howie doesn't even just smell me, why first you, off. Why are you laughing, Dad? And then, <laughs> and then literally my mother from the bedroom, Courtney. And I'm like, oh, shoot. It's like, oh, she knows. Like, walk in there. How did you not smell her? You know, I mean, it's like she, I mean, I some, I, I know you preach, but I think sometimes she may have a little bit more of a direct line to the Lord um, than you in those areas. But I think that you cared so much about living above reproach and that you wouldn't even put yourself in a situation where someone could say something happened. And you were even careful about that in making sure that, these boundaries were in place, but also, like you said, very much put off a vibe of, no, it's not something I'm interested in. And, and all it takes is one unguarded moment. Yeah. That's, the, yeah. that's the danger. I mean, it's not like I appreciate that, but it's not like a, nobody's Superman. I mean, nobody's Superman. And, and so it just comes down to you set boundaries as has very real guidelines in your life, and you may have a rough day, bad day, but boy, you you know when you're drifting. You know when you're when you're not uh, on it, and you know, and you don't go there. You just don't go there. Just yeah. stay out. Stay out. Run. Flee. Yeah. That that uh, you know that story in the Bible of the guy who who God told them, said, you know, they the enemy ran into the woods and they slew more in the woods of the Israelites. Actually, Israel ran into the woods and more died in the woods than on the battlefield because the point is sometimes it's just you're in the wrong place. Yeah. You should have been on the battlefield. You should have been, but you were in the wrong place and there were more who fell by the by the forest that day in the terrain, the scripture said, than by the slaying of the sword. So it's not that the word of God is not powerful enough. It's when you get on the devil's turf. Yes. Wow. So good. I mean, even King David that you've talked we've talked about that. He knew what time it was. So Bathsheba wasn't where she wasn't supposed to be. That was the yeah, normal time that's right. for that's right. women to go out and take a bath. He was supposed to be on the battlefield and he walked that's down good. on his balcony knowing I'm going to see somebody. It's just a matter of who, you know, and when you put yourself in those positions. and He was king, and when the kings went to battle, David stayed home. Mm-hmm. 
So he's in the wrong place at the wrong time. And he is, uh, he's, he's wanting a casual spirit instead of a king's going to war. And, I, and we all get it as, as, as leaders, as communicators, as pastors, is there are times when you just want to escape. You just want, I don't want to think about the church. I don't want to think about a sermon. I don't want to think about a phone call. I don't want to think about a person in the hospital, I, a funeral, a wedding. I, I just, ugh. Yeah. The staff, everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's always something going yeah. on, always. always. And, on, and on top of that, always. how's the budget doing? And how's this? And, you know, then throw in three or four unexpected things that you didn't, never saw coming. And it's it's a lot. So you want you want an escape. Yeah. You want you want and then if you're stressed and say you're you and your wife or husband are are just both stressed out under the gun and then the church is where you work together and on top of that you got some kids and it may not be perfect with them and it's just a lot and you got still got a youth meeting that night or you still got a this or that that you got to do and uh, uh, I think pastors in those times, that's where, you know, we can start turning to things, whether it be alcohol, whether it be, um, you know, more and more isolation. Yeah. Um, you know, is dangerous, can be dangerous. And if you don't have any friends or anybody yeah. that you can talk to, because, you know, good friends can just listen to, just, just listen. To, a lot of times I... All you can do is just say, I know, I know. Yeah. And uh, we're all human. Yeah. But if you set up the right boundaries, you you go through, you're never going to have a glorified body until Christ comes. So this body has to be directed. It has to be uh, constantly renewed, new, new in our minds. Every failure can be traced back to two things, every one of them. A broken down altar in a dusty Bible. Yeah. Every time, not reading it consistently, not reading it. Yeah. Uh, you're not purifying, washing of the water of the word. You're not renewing your mind. You're preaching. You're studying for preaching, but there is a incredible, always pulling back in line, in motive, in heart, in mind. In if you read the book, the book will read you. And it will show every flaw. It's a mirror, yeah. and it will show through grace every flaw of my attitude is not right. I've been treating my wife cold, or I've been ugly. I went too heavy on discipline in what I said to that one, or even, you know, with everything. So that and prayer, you know, are going to help you keep the lines Yeah. right. No shortcuts. No shortcuts. And for me, prayer is, is I, I combine it with exercise. So it's a, it's a, you know, body, mind, and spirit. So mind or soul is your mind. So, you know, what am I listening to? What am I reading? It's okay. I escape and we'll watch a series with Sharice on Netflix or whatever. I, we all need that. But I also need spiritual feeding of my mind, uh, to renew my mind, to keep my mind in 
in uh, ear close to uh, close to the throne, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. being sensitive. Yeah, Th that's the key. And then for me, prayer is something that I do when I exercise. Like I like to run and pray or walk and pray. Every, uh, do it, do it almost every day. And I'm going to exercise, and I'm I'll end up sweaty. And and I may pray and then do like if I want to do, I run is my big thing that yeah. I like to do is run. Yeah. But I'll uh, I'll do that. Um, and some days it's uh, I'll go to a track type place but I like private wherever I go or trails. And uh, I just, I don't want to think, I want to pray. And I'll just, I'll just uh, run and pray in circles because I don't want to think. <laughs> and I'll have a little key thing in my hand that tells me, because I'm, I'm, I like to know how much I ran. And, <laughs> and so I have a goal in that running of about three to four miles. So it just depends on how I feel. And so I'll, I'll run and I'll pray. And, and just go through the Lord's Prayer, go through the Jabez Prayer. If I don't have nothing else, sometimes I just pray in the Holy Spirit yeah. and just praying, praying in a heavenly language. And yeah. I'm praying while I'm just under my breath, just under my breath. And while I'm doing that, I'll see Amelia, I'll see Elliot, I'll see, and that's my two of my granddaughters and Courtney's uh, kids. And really they're mine, but, uh, <laughs> but her and Tyler's. But... Um, you know, you and go through the family and pray for the family, and and it's just something about that. It doesn't. I don't necessarily feel like tears every time, even most of the time, or get emotional. Or, but but while I walk uh, through those woods and stuff, at times you'll hit a vein in prayer that it's heaven on earth, and it's it's glorious and it's powerful, and it brings strength into your soul, into your resistance, into your character, into your uh, mindset and your mind. And, and when you come out of, of that, it has made a difference. It's made a difference for you and for others. Yeah. So uh, at, at every failure, you'll see two, a broken down altar and, a, and an unused Bible, dust collecting dust. Do you want to know where I feel like I actually learned how to pray? Yeah. Like... Um, this is one of my, just hearing you talk about that, it's one of my, probably one of my most vivid memories was we were in Australia and you were preaching at Hillsong Conference. Um, and you didn't do this often. I, I mean, I knew he went and when he walked and prayed, that was his time, but you asked me if I wanted to come with you. And we walked, um, and we were on these wooden bridges. Right. Yep, in that <laughs> and I'd never been with you in that kind of, I mean, you know, I've heard you preach or obviously pray in an altar, or pray in our home and more of a, uh, there was a structured environment. But to see you in that time of prayer, I can remember everything that he prayed. And I remember feeling at that age, I was probably 11 or 12 years old, that when I talked to God, that it had to be a certain way, that it had to, be, not that you had taught us that it needed to be formal. Maybe I just felt inadequate in how um, I didn't know how to pray. And I feel like through walking with you and hearing just how you talked to the Lord, how you talked to Ryan. I, I mean, I remember what you prayed. Ryan Hartbonke was going to preach that night. You were praying over him, praying for the people who were coming to the arena, praying over the entire conference, praying over our family. You called all of our names out seeing you weep, seeing you cry, I felt like I knew 
I knew at that point and all through my life growing up, I mean, I'd come in on a Saturday night, you'd be sitting in there playing the piano and worshiping. And it was like I could be, you know, doing anything I wanted to do. And when I'd walk inside the house and you were actually just living that by example and not on a stage only in our home, it would convict me and it would so affect me. And I feel like that's where I learned that my prayers, it, it didn't matter about these big flamboyant words. It just mattered that I was talking. And I remember realizing how it seemed very much like you were talking to a friend. And and that's where I learned how to pray. And knowing that in all of that, I think there's a lot of safety that as a pastor, especially, we are growing up in environments where everyone's looking at us. You talked about the fishbowl. I felt, yeah. I, I feel like as a father and as a pastor, it, it's so important for your, especially nowadays with social media, we didn't even have that the way that we do, that the fishbowl is not just on you. It's on all of us. Exactly and right. so if you choose to live a life that doesn't protect everyone who's in that fishbowl with you, that yeah. you should feel the weight of that. And I feel you always did. And I felt safe at least at least we're all in the fishbowl together. And I know that <laughs> that he's going to be there and he's going to take care of us and mom too. And um, I think that that's something that I, kn- I knew that you were never too far away from that book. And, you know, what you just said is not something you would harp to us or tell us, but I always knew you were, you were always, con- I mean, we'd be riding down the road. Uh, nothing would be, and I just hear him start speaking in tongues. I mean, nothing. And so I never had to question or wonder if, if, it, and to me, it helped build my trust in the Holy Spirit and in the Lord that he was close enough to him that I knew that, that if something were to start going off the rails, that you were close enough to him that he would, he would pull you back. He would keep us protected. Well, the, the fact that as, you know, that's it, that's meaningful to hear because your children are hearing you pray. You know, your children are, they, that's the things that, that you remember. I remember my father praying. Yeah. I remember my mother praying. Still, she prays as we get, she's still here, and I get to have breakfast with her a lot of mornings, almost every morning that I'm here. I'm I, That's what I do. And she'll have her Bible, and she'll, she'll pray. So it becomes a part of your family, you yeah. know, and it doesn't have to be a big spiritual thing. That That particular day, was, you know, emotional, I guess, but most of the times are not. Prayer is a, uh, it's a strange thing, but, you know, uh, as far as sometimes you go in, the least time you feel like praying is the time that you're so glad you did. Yeah. So, um, and I encourage, I don't want to come across either, though, it's like there's not mercy and forgiveness for any and everybody who's made mistakes, who's done something. We, A man can do a thousand things right and do one thing wrong, yeah. and all people remember and want to talk about is the one thing wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's the case with a lot of the leaders in the body of Christ, and it's it's almost an impossible standard to live up to. And I even feel, and I'm, I'm 59 years old, and I don't have anything to hide. I don't, but... But I almost feel like it's it's the accusations that it's crazy this environment, and it's almost like You're you, for you you almost have an, a low grade fear mm-hmm. if we were to be honest as as mm-hmm. pastors and ministers, especially those of us in the big spotlight of what if 
you know, when you see a brother fall or you see a a church going through a a massive mess, it almost creates a a little bit of a a low-grade, like a low-grade fever, like almost an environment of fear almost that you don't just have to worry about you, but if one of your pastors does something, you know, and or, or that you don't even have control of, you don't have any, they just do something stupid and it has a ripple effect or somebody does, you know, it, it's just, cr- it's a crazy, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm talking about what a lot of you feel is this yeah. incredible pressure. And if in a brilliant point is if I'm feeling that as the leader, and I really don't, I'm not afraid, I don't have any secrets like that. To, but if, if, you, if I'm feeling it, how much more on a teenager, on a kid who says, you chose to be in the ministry, I didn't. Yeah. You know, yeah. and now because of your, you are who you are, I get all this, uh, people can say cruel things too. I mean, you know, they yeah. think they own a family. Yeah. Almost yeah. under, because it's not like that. You know, yeah. they're normal people. They're normal kids. Um, but just to be able to talk about it, you know, yeah. and I don't want anybody listening to this who who has failed. You, it doesn't mean that that you're disqualified from your church. Yeah. And and our reaction should be to be a friend more and to run yeah. to the side of 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 that person if they are truly willing to. Make it right and repent. It's not a. It's there's no. My God, if you can't find mercy in the house of God, where can you find it? Yeah. And and so I I just I don't want to ever become come off as that person who's shooting the wounded and and poking and, and these cheap shots. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're great leaders. Many of them are phenomenal people. Yeah. They they're just human and they 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 made a bad choice. And that's part of why I feel we're doing this is to to say, you know, we can talk about stuff like failures in the church and the pastors falling and, and all of that. But by the grace of God, it would be me or it yes. would be you or you. Mm-hmm. And and so uh and we we have had our challenges in different yeah. ways, in different yeah. areas. And um so you know, I hope that we can we can facilitate um, some kind of back and forth, even from our audience, that we can um, just give encouragement and just yeah. say it's okay. Provide a safe place to talk about because yeah. it's discouraging. Yeah, it's almost the fear that I feel a little bit of is if they can't, how can I? You know, when yeah. you see a yeah. mighty man or woman fall, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Bible, there's a text in the Old Testament that said, how the mighty have fallen. Mm-hmm. And if you see that happen, it's almost like, a, oh, God, you know, well, can anybody? Yeah. Is anybody, is, is it possible to build a ministry that, that, that reaches and is effective and is powerful and beautiful and glorious and touches the world and not mess up and not mess it up? And so it should awaken that to us as leaders to be very careful again and yeah. and we know that, but sometimes you you just get loose, you just get yeah. lax, you just yeah. and 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 it and at the same time, I, it's not just drive, drive, and but it's also, um, I think you know, just 
just having some accountability of, of talking, it helps. It strengthens just even thinking about it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I like what, what Tommy Barnett, you know, was at the church last week and yeah. we were no, talking about so this. Good. this is and he great. told this story about Two Tall Jones, which is You got to take brilliant. your time and tell this because this is so important. This You haven't heard this. Mm-hmm. So we were talking about... Um, we were talking about, um, you know, ministries that everybody is know, knowing stuff is happening and there are people that we love and yeah. people that we care dearly about, their, yeah. their family. Yeah. I mean, all of yeah. I know, I know so many, and I, I want to just put, I don't have nothing in my heart, but yeah. get up. You can't quit. Yeah. You're so yeah. valuable. Yeah. You're going to make it. We yeah. let's, let's help. Let's do what yeah. we can do. Yeah. Uh, that that ought to be our cry, you know. That ought to be yeah. who we are. But but at the same time, there there does need to be a purging of our of our souls and our yeah. and a re-establishing of perimeters and bar- boundaries in pastors' personal lives yeah. that protect them and their flock. Yeah. If you if you're a minister today, and you and you don't feel like God is is bringing judgment to the church. You're asleep. Yeah, you don't have very much discernment and to just to push through this. That's right. And not heed the warning, you know, because God is trying to tell us. I mean, I think think even COVID, it it didn't surprise God and he shut the whole model down Mm -hmm. of what the church was. I mean, we were all thinking, you know, bigger, 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 new campus, new camp, and we still should think, the world is is who we need. The whole world it should yeah. be our target, but it's almost like this: this having church to have church and have talks and have three songs and and leave. God said, "Boom, <laughs> no." You, you, and the churches that are coming back and growing and getting and I and I'm so thankful. You know, yeah. we had the best attendance this past Sunday on a normal Sunday. And we have had since the pandemic is almost full, almost full. And to me, that's a miracle because, you it know, is a miracle. and our campuses yeah. are, are filling up again. And the point is, you know, let's not go, let's learn. Let's, let's learn some lessons. Let's yeah. go, let's, let's, let's go back to what really matters is, is his presence and stuff. But I want you to tell, because we were talking about what our sh- reaction should be when we see a pastor friend, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, in a mess, sometimes of their own making, sometimes just absolute persecution yeah. and attack and lies. Yep. I mean, it happens. Yeah. Yeah. And it's why we need spiritual fathers. You know, it's why we need people that have been proven, you know, because sometimes these situations do just need to be in the hands of somebody that can just say, hey, we're going to, we're going to work on it. We're going to, yeah. And it's a very hard balance. We were talking too, you know, and we were saying, you know, like my go-to on on all that all the time is what would Tommy Barnett do? Yeah. You know, it's, it's how I kind of posture yeah. myself yeah. because I've just watched him. I, he, his deal goes all the way back to, and some of you don't even know who these people are, but when Jimmy Swagger and J- Jim Baker, who I know both these men, I'm, I'm friends with both these men, and, yeah. and the, the way they've rebounded is just... At, uh, what Jimmy Swaggart has has done, 
I honor him. I, I'm, yeah. I'm amazed at that man. I, yeah. I'm amazed at the giftings. And you can say all you want to say, but God chose that man. God's yeah. used that man and is using him now and his son and his son's son. Yeah. And I just love it that he didn't give up and he didn't quit. He actually, everybody wrote him off but yeah. God. Yeah. Well, I mean, and the same with Jim Baker. You know, yeah. Jim Jim preached here. I had him come yeah. preach here after he got out of prison. I think we were the first or second church that he preached at. He reminded me of that uh, recently when I went mm -hmm. to Missouri and was on his on his show. But he just cried because, you know, he he, he couldn't believe that that people wouldn't hate him. You know, and he said that. Only one preacher came to see him when he was in prison. You'd have to realize Jim, Jim Baker and Tammy, every preacher in the nation wanted to be on their show to get to preach to the world because he had built a satellite, the first true. Every, it, was the, it was the biggest thing in the world to, to be invited to talk about your book or something. And then when he had his fall, all those people that... Yep. All those musicians, all those household names, none of them went to see him in prison, except one, Tommy Barnett. No, well, wasn't, uh, it wasn't. I Tommy. stand corrected. Two, <laughs> one was Tommy Barnett, but the the one that amazed me, I wasn't amazed that Tommy would do it because yeah. he's always doing stuff. Yeah. Billy Graham. Mm -hmm. Billy Graham would go time and time again. He said he would come at least two times a year to visit him. The biggest pulpit in the world, and when he sees a brother fall, he goes and visits Jim Baker. Jim Baker is over. He's finished in the eyes of everybody except here's this guy that could forget about him. Is that not the story that Jesus showed us too? With I mean, you look at Peter. Right. He was the first disciple to acknowledge Jesus as the Son of God. And right. then as soon as he did that, Jesus says, you're the rock I'll build my church on. Right. It's like he was the boy. Pete, Pete was his boy. He was there. He was ready. And then he denies him. Right. The first chance he gets. But what does Jesus do? As soon as he sees him again over a Names campfire. Him. Names him. Yes. When he, when he yeah. resurrects, he says, tell my disciples to and, meet yeah. Peter. And Peter. And that was his mentor, was Jesus. So and, his heart he is to him. us. His heart yeah. is not from us. Always. If we're struggling and we failed and we've messed up, we're so ashamed, so just cannot believe that I was so stupid. All God wants from us as leaders is honesty. Yeah. Honesty. I messed up. I'm yeah. so sorry. I'm I want to be clean. I yeah. want to be People can't resist that, and God can't resist yeah. that if you tell the truth. Yeah. And what I loved, though, was Tommy Barnett has done that for minister yeah. after, of course, brought yeah. Jim to the L.A. Dream Center, yeah. he and Matthew, yeah. and paid him to stay there and get restored for, I think, two years. He lived yeah. there on the campus. That's love. Yeah, uh, he talks about in one of his great books, enlarging your circle of love. So if you and he gives this illustration, he says, "So you don't like me no more, and you messed up, and you uh, you uh, are not 
you're somebody that criticizes pastors. He said he used to, you know, just draw a circle and just don't let those people into your life. But he said God told him to to enlarge your circle of love, that if 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 she has a problem with me, I, I don't write her off. I enlarge my mm-hmm. circle to include her, and I go... I just keep loving. I, I, I'm not going. You're not going to get out of my circle, Jim Baker. You're not going to get out of my circle. Wow. I, I'm going to write you in, not out. I'm just going to enlarge my circle. I, you know, I know that you're not in my world and you can't stand me, but that doesn't give me a right to, to, to despise you. I enlarge my circle of love. Now, so when when we were having this conversation, you had Tommy coming, and then you called me afterwards. You got to tell this. Listen yeah. to pastors, you'll love this. And leaders, it's just a, business leaders, yeah. dads that have failed and husbands and wives that have failed, it's not final. Your yeah. failure is not final. And, and and it's before I tell the story, it's real possible that there are pastors that sure. their home life's falling apart right now, their sure. marriage is falling apart. Maybe maybe they're on the verge of of right now it's just flirtations, you know, but they, they're so feeling good. that. So good that draw uh, to somebody else that's that's not their wife. May, maybe they're even have taken steps to that, and maybe this would provide that that protection for them that they need. And and please let us know. You know, we we'll do whatever we can to to yeah, love absolutely. you. Absolutely. But the um the story he was and he was talking about Jim Baker and Jimmy Swagger in the eighties and in comparing so Tommy it to, came to your church and yes. did he tell this to you privately? Or no. Tell so it? this was a. Uh, uh, well, the guy that travels with them, I forget his name. Been with him for like 26 God, years. Yeah. Amazing guy. Yeah, amazing. Like amazing. awesome, just an awesome human being. He he said that he's never seen, he's never heard him tell this story all the years he's traveled with them. Wow. And he's never seen him talk to a staff where he didn't give his, like, his, he literally avoid, didn't even talk about his sermon, just said, hey, I, you know, I want to talk to you guys about this and just stood up there 86 years old, 84 years old, and just talked to all these young staff members like a dad, like a grand, like it was like, we, what, it was a grandpa t- moment. You, it was so cool. You got to so, tell this Yeah. Story. So, so he was talking about Jim Swagger and, and those guys and he was, what he was doing was he was talking about what you just said, how their, their lives have been restored in the eyes of God, hmm. as far as we would know. But people are never going to feel the same way about them that they did before their failures. Um, but he, what his challenge was, um, we shouldn't be taking the position of how people see these men's failures. We should be taking the position of how does God see their mm-hmm. failures. So, yeah, okay, fine. There is going to be multitudes of people anytime they hear about Anything, even something they don't like about you or me or whoever, they're going to write you off. Okay, and that's fine, you know. But but his challenge was, hey, let's not be like let's be like God. So he tells a story about two tall Jones, who I think played for the Cowboys. I should know that because the Cowboys are my favorite team growing up. He did. Um, he uh, retired from the NFL and decided to be a professional boxer. He trains his his final. Pro that debut. never goes good. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> His final pro debut. It's good for this story. Yeah. He wants to be a professional this boxer. Guy, how tall was he? Six. He was huge. 
See, this is before my time. Yeah, I just like heard the six, story. He, he was called Too Tall Jones because he <laughs> was so tall. tall. Like he was almost seven foot. Huge. He should have for a, a football for player. For a football yeah. player, six 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 nine, something like that. Yeah. Whatever. And so he was um, uh, training for this boxing, his debut boxing match. So he's fighting this guy. It's a ten round fight. Round one, Too Tall Jones destroys this guy. Round two, round three, round. Nine rounds, Too Tall Jones was the clear winner in the fight. Round 10, he gets knocked out. Too Tall. Too Tall Jones gets knocked out, and the ref's counting. One, two, three, four, five, six. Gets all the way to 10. He's about to call the fight, and the bell rings. And Say Tommy, about the bell. He's knocked out, but the bell rang. So the fight... It's scored goes back to the judge's scorecards. Right. And when a boxing judge scores a fight, they don't look at one round. They look at 10 rounds. They look at every round. And so the unanimous winner, according to the judge's scorecards, was Tutal Jones, and he got the victory. And this is what Tommy Barnett said. He said, the problem with the church is boxing judges are better Christians than we are. In a person's life. Because he did good in round one. He did good in round two. He mm-hmm. did good in round three. He did so much good in round five. He built this. He did mm-hmm. that. He saved that marriage. He he preached that sermon. My children got saved under him. He did good in those rounds, but he had one round where he got knocked down. Wow. And God does look at a life. <sighs> he does look at a life. He wow. does not. Wow, wow. Do you hear that, God? has seen, I love that verse that says, the eyes of the Lord go to and fro, seeing the evil. That's kind of how we read it, and the good. Because <laughs> we have such a complex of our failures, you know. And But he doesn't just see the evil. He doesn't just see the times that we failed him, but he really does see the good. He sees, he sees the good. Him. He sees the good. He sees the potential. So, and, and in that, I mean, what and, a story. That's and, a brilliant. And yeah, it's, it's, and w- w- what I love about our talks too is, you know, there, there are pastors that are listening right now that need to know God's not done with them. Um, and so it's a cool thing to point out too. Uh, the, and I'm sorry for, no, it's good. But, but it's because I'm, I don't want to lose this thought. It's so important. Is, is how should we respond when we hear a pastor got knocked out that has done so good for so many years, has done so much great leadership, that that has spoke messages and taught things and modeled things that, that bless my life and my ministry and me as a leader. But they had but they we wish it wouldn't happen. We pray it doesn't happen, but sometimes the punch of the enemy. Take somebody out. Tommy's message to you guys that day was God sees the totality, and those referees or judges are better judges for a scorecard because they're going by every round versus Christians write off everything good a man ever did or woman ever did and only remember and and see this person through the fact of them laying flat on their back on the mat in blood. 
and defeated. That's, and that's what Tommy was saying. Is he was he was saying that they've already got their judgment. Ooh. These these pastors already have their consequences. Oh, wow! You, you, they do not need those consequences. Are so heavy their their legacy, their name, their their future, their um, the victims. This is powerful. The victims that they have to to carry. You know, they have to carry that um, if they have a conscience. That's right. And sometimes that's not. Maybe maybe these guys do get there, and they are a true um, predator. Um, right. And there are victims out there that Absolutely. are hurting right now. We're not just defending the preacher. We're trying to save oh, preachers. No. Yeah. From contributing to to yeah. someone's um yeah he said if you confess and forsake not if you yeah lie and hide mm. wow and if you've never confessed and forsaken there's no road to restoration but if truly there's restoration if someone has truly repented they may never be back in the position they were in or in the influence that they were in but there should be um, a road of restoration. Yes. Galatians said, if a brother falls, you who are spiritual, don't judge, don't go online and give your awful attacks and all of that. When the mighty fall, the next part of that verse, it says, oh, how the mighty have fallen. The next part says, publish it not. Publish it not. Don't get on line and start. It's a, if a church is going through a scandal, if a ministry is going through a scandal, don't be a part of the problem. The world is watching. The world is listening. And at some point it becomes cannib- cannibalistic. It becomes like devouring one another and this and that and this family attacking that family and the enemy sitting back saying, it, it, this is beautiful. Yeah. Satan is sitting back saying, this is beautiful. Just rip, just do it all. And on yeah. top of that, if there's anybody who was raised in it, here's your excuse to not, and all, it just says ripple effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so publish it not, it doesn't mean cover up. It doesn't mean you don't cover up nothing. Yeah. You confront and deal with, but he said, let let he that is spiritual restore such a one. Wow. So what did he share any other final thoughts about the uh the the two tall Jones story? That is pastor, that's a uh, that's amazing. He, you know. I mean, I, I think it's so his point was his well, his reflex, natural reflex, when he hears of a pastor or a ministry going through a scandal or a crisis or or a fall is taking place, what was he? What was, what did you take away from that? What can we learn from Tommy Barnett that he was saying that we can apply to our lives? We probably just need to have him do this with us. I agree, one hundred percent. And coach us on how to do it. I know. Because it is complicated, you know. It but is. I would say reach out to that person if you know yeah. them personally. I, yeah. I, I, that's been my experience. I don't want to bother them. I know they're. I don't want to. But I don't think if you, you know, I know. I know that if I want to show I care, yeah. I want to show I'm. I, there, you don't have to explain nothing to me as long as you get it right with your spouse and your family and your and and your God. If they're good with you, then who in the world am I? I don't. I don't have yeah. nothing negative to say. 
I have nothing but love and and compassion because you said it. You said it. You they they've already paid an enormous price that, and we don't need to pile on in situation. We need to be there for each other. Amen. Nobody else is going to stand with us. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're going to be a friend, the Bible said a friend is born for adversity. And uh, and what's that other one about friends? There's another great sticks verse. Sticks closer that, than a brother, yeah. Yeah, that sticks yeah. close. Yeah. You, you, don't let uh, failure make us back off, but enlarge your circle of love. So good. Say, well, you need it more now than you ever needed it. And I think, too, to not uh, dare allow... How will I be perceived? Or how will, you know, there's a lot of people, they got a lot of enemies stirred up like a beehive. Yeah. And if yeah. I step into that, I'll, I'll, I have nothing to win. Well, that's such a carnal, carnal, carnal approach. When the Bible said, let him that is spiritual get in it and do what you can do to restore. And I think even before the adversity becomes public, if you see, that's where, like you said, with the accountability, if you see someone who you're recognizing patterns of behavior, as long as like you've talked about doing it in love, you bring that to their attention. Hey, you need to safeguard yourself in this area. You need to watch this. This is, and I, you're doing it because you love and you care about yeah. them and not because you're, you know, trying to bring them down, but you don't want that to become a big public do you, yeah, and it's a, and it's a good point. And do do you have anybody in your life that will tell yeah. you the hard truth, whether you want to hear it or not? It, are you open? Do you have any, whether it's a mom or a dad, mm -hmm. that you could go or a friend or, and you, and you could ask, you could say, "This is this," and and not get judged, not yeah. get. You know that they'll for, they'll think so because that's why people don't tell anything. They they feel yeah. like people can't handle. I yeah. have heard and seen just about everything. It's true. Yeah, I I think much anybody can do or say that surprises me. I, yeah. Honest to God, and I have seen it, it hit our family. Mm -hmm. And there's no so it's at some point life just moves you more to a place of not looking for perfection in anybody. You are going to be greatly disappointed. Yeah. But I want to I want to move to a place of being a absolute voice of compassion, mercy, grace. Failure is not final. Yeah. It's not a righteous man falls seven times a day. So the definition of righteousness is get up. Falls seven times a day. I didn't know you were so righteous that you you know. <laughs> yeah but rises again, keeps getting up because he knows I'm getting up in his righteousness, not mine, because I've tried and failed and failed and failed. He wouldn't have given us the need for so much forgiveness also. I every mean, day, 70 huh? times 7. Yeah. Mercy you, every day. If we weren't going to need it. Yeah. And so we definitely good. are. Yeah. Yeah, That there's the little tattoo. I, I'm not a tattoo <laughs> person. <laughs> uh, I, but when we wrote the book, Love like you've never been uh, hurt, and that one little section in there about what Jesus taught seven. How many times should I forgive? Like, 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 uh, somehow that forgiveness was a mathematical equation. There's a, there's a. Once I get past that, I can really hate them. Yeah. 
know, so he said, what, he was sincere. How many times do I have to forgive somebody for the same thing over and over and over? And Jesus said 70 times to 70 in a day. So all of us in our family have a little tattoo. It's pitiful, but it's called, uh, and that's all I'll ever have, and I'm sure I'll get bad. Somebody thinks I'll go to hell for that. <laughs> but uh, I'll forgive you because <laughs> 70 times 7 is just a reminder yeah, mm-hmm. that it's um, forgiveness. Tommy Tenney, yeah. or T.F. Tenney used to tell yeah. you that, right? Marriages don't break down. Families don't break down. People's forgiver breaks down. Yeah. Right, the forgiver just, and that's true, huh? It's yeah. hard to stay out of bitterness and unforgiveness, you know, when you've been hurt over and over. Yeah. I I wanted to mention this. I mean, one of the reasons we are here was you were talking is because of some of the stuff that's happened. Reason we're doing this podcast. Yeah. Reason we're trying to reach out to pastors. Especially young pastors that feel totally isolated. They feel like they don't matter. They're not important enough to I wish you were you're the one you're the one that we are doing this for. I don't need another thing. You don't need another thing. And you don't need another thing. But we wanted to say that if you are out there and you want to do it right, none of us are perfect. None of us are Superman. But uh, but we would we we are committed to keeping each other on track. And that's kind of I think out of this is what we're thinking is some kind of gathering, some kind of fellowship, some kind of. Uh, is there another word? I don't know. I don't. And there's no agenda. There's no agenda. I don't want. I don't want to do this just to be doing it. But can we bring people in, and not to receive anything from you? We don't want anything from you. I I don't want nothing from you. Yeah. All I want is to give and to pour into you, and if nothing else, to get a spirit more than taught, caught a spirit of um, excellence and ministry and the way that we do life and family and marriage that that we care, that somebody cares. And if you're out there and you don't really have a connection, um, maybe this is the place. And we don't even know what we're doing. We don't know. So you would be getting in. Maybe you could bring a lot to the table. Yeah. But we felt like God stirred us to do and begin to speak up about stuff like this and just, if nothing else, provide a setting, a table to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Just talk about it. Yeah. It makes us stronger and helps us just to talk about it. Absolutely. And and that that is kind of, you know, we when you and I started to talk about this and started talking about like what can we do, um, it wasn't like, um, hey, what they can do is give us three percent of their budget. Oh, you know, no. or or no. they can pay for this, or they can pay for that. We yeah. we we said, you know, Nothing. because we know that there are so many people out there that are desperate for relationship, and um, that they'll pay money uh, and, for and fellowship. You need to hear, you know, you need challenging. Mentoring is challenging. Men, mm-hmm. uh, that mentoring is a coach saying that that was good, but it was. I, I never will forget. I forget who the guy was, but he was one of the most greatest concert pianists. Yeah, Podolsky. I, I I just read this, and well, he had a he had an instructor in his little small hometown that taught him piano. 
Okay. And he became a household name and was performing all over the world in the greatest performance halls in the world, Vienna, wherever, the, the, the greatest, most famous. And he came back to his hometown to do a concert, and, and that instructor, an old man now, was sitting up in the one box that he had got him. He had heard he was coming. And the guy who got him going, this guy was a prodigy. He was amazing. And and he, and that instructor that, that poured into him all those young formative years set up there. And after he played this masterful piece, the whole crowd stood, but he kept sitting. <laughs> and he played the whole thing over again, the whole piece all the way through, only with more excellence, played it, and the people were ecstatic. They were going crazy, screaming to the top of their voices, and the, and the instructor still just sitting there. Mm. And this happened three times, and finally the man's sweat pouring, and he and he looks, and all of them are cheering, but he's, he's, he's really playing for an audience of one. And he and he alone knew what that boy was capable of, and he had not yet done. He he didn't need to stay where he was because people thought he was doing great, but he needed somebody up there that was saying, "There's more in you." Yeah. And finally, he does it, and and he stands up and claps. And you know, when you when you begin to realize that there are people who can see more in you than you see, because they saw it and recognize that was me. 30 years ago. That's how I felt about you. That's how I felt about Jabin and yeah. people like that, you know, yeah. like Javon. Yeah. Uh, uh, these are all young ministers that, that for whatever reason, God connected us with. And I could give, and, but it was, it was so evident to me. It was so evident to me that, that, that there's something there that you don't know that you possess in spirit and in just, you get it, you connect, you get it. And it, and it's just a matter of time that if you're fed right and you can stay right. <laughs> so if you if you get the right material and stuff, this guy, this per, this girl is going to do amazing things. There's, so there's two fronts. They'll need the help that, I, that you can help supply everything, the wisdom, the information, the whatever you got that you can help the experiences, the mistakes, so they don't make them. But then the other side is now can they stand it? Can yeah. they, will they yeah. live it? Yeah. Are they, are they going to make it the long haul? Are they going to be a flash in the pan? Yeah. And, and that's what we see is it's personal character and integrity and clear boundaries and, and then all of this success so it can handle be built on on that. Yeah. And, and that's what we want to do is pour into this side and that side yeah. with ideas and and you know and help and but also marriage and family and just the struggles of life and the times when you're in a dry spell and all of that. You know, we go through the same things. Yeah. The exact feel like quitting, discouraged. One of you guys, one of your families went to another church and left you, and you thought they'd be with you the rest of your life. <laughs> Are you talking about me when I did that to you? Yeah, Courtney, <laughs> yeah. Courtney left. I, I left his church. I did. 
I left for five years. I know. It's I went good. and worked for another church. came back. Very appreciative. Well, yeah. It taught me a <laughs> but, lot of things. But I was so proud of you. Yeah. 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 I mean, she she, you were, you she were went and it was time. necessary. Yeah, it was. It was necessary. And it was, and, and it was good for us to see too, you know, so it's all good. And and we do have to know is 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 pastors and ministers out there, you know, um that you haven't stepped into this space as far as you of course minister to a lot of pastors, but you haven't created that here. Yeah. Um and what an opportunity that is for so many um because of your season of life, because of your um, 40 years ish of yep. ministry. Yeah. Um, your mentors, the people that poured into you. I mean, generationally, when you the guys you're talking about, you know, you're one generation back. From and I'm at a good age now, you know, like fifty nine, about to be sixty. Sixty's up there, but it's not like <laughs> No, you still got a lot in you. Yeah, I do. And I mean I feel young and I'm young thinking, I think. You know, Absolutely. I'm always yeah. learning, trying to well, that's neat. That's neat. You know, that's good. I can I can take that. I could use that. That's very good. That's a great idea. You have to, you know. Well, even Tommy Barnett, when we were with him, eighty four year. But when we, my whole staff, my younger staff, was like, if if you didn't know his age yeah. and the way he connects with you and lives life, yeah. He's, he's as relevant today as he's being. ever. It's wisdom. It's just yeah. wisdom. You know, he's everybody. He's literally with, one of my favorite years. humans to ever live. <laughs> Him yeah. and Papa Tenny, TF Tenny. Yeah, they were great men. Mm-hmm. He he was great, and, and Tommy is a national treasure to the body of Christ, yes. international. So thank you for, we would love to hear from you. Yeah. We would love, uh, if this podcast is making a difference in your life, please reach out to us. Please tell us who you are if you feel comfortable doing that and where you're at and yeah, you know what you enjoyed, the feedback, the topics that you're interested in, the things that you'd like to hear discussions on. Uh, we're open and and what you know in inputs on where we're going forward to some kind of uh, put our arms around a group or enlarge our circle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so appreciate you being a part today. Absolutely. And if you've enjoyed everything, subscribe, um, share it, comment, like you said, communicate with us. And um, it really is our heart just to cheer you on. Could you pray maybe for some pastors that are struggling or maybe they're in that place where they've compromised or they're thinking about compromising? Maybe even a victim is out there and, you know, have been affected negatively and just what a difficult thing that is. Father, in the name of Jesus, we do pray today that you that you would strengthen and you would undergird every person listening to this, that they would do an inventory of their own internal world and search my heart, O oh Lord, and see if there be any wicked thing in me. And Lord, keep me, keep me by your power, keep me from evil, keep us from evil. Give us the strength to do what you've called us to do, and the integrity. We pray for more integrity. We pray for character. We pray for your righteousness and your and your uh, boundaries in our lives, Lord. I pray for that one that sees it now but just couldn't see it and, and, and fell for the enemy's trap. May they first know that you've forgiven them, and then may they know that 
that they need to forgive themselves and that they need to accept the unmerited love and grace of God today that they have offered to so many. We pray today for those who have been uh, abused, those who have been mistreated, those who have suffered an injustice through ministry. I pray, God, that you would help them looking unto Jesus, not even a pastor or preacher or anybody else. We looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, because he never disappoints and he never lets us down and he never fails us or hurts us. And help them to see too, Lord, through eyes of compassion. And may we always be that army, Lord, that 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 person may we be that doesn't just see the knockout and the knockdown and the bell ring and the crowd say it's over for that person. But help us to see what you see, all the good rounds, all the good things, all the blessed. And so therefore, they, they will rise to fight another day if we will come running with, with the oil and the wine and pour it in, in every wound. In Jesus' name we ask and pray. Bless today and keep, keep us, Lord. Keep us, those of us, all of us at times struggle. So keep us from the plots and plans and evil. Give us discernment, 2020 in the spirit vision of the right people and the wrong people, of, of who would take us the wrong way and to be quick to... To, to understand that and not be ignorant of the devil's devices. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Give us total, complete discernment in our lives and relationships and let us, let us live pure and clean before you the best that we can. If we'll do our part, if we'll do what we can, you'll do what we can through your grace and mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for Mentoring Moments with Jensen Franklin and Marcus Meekum. Leave a comment to join the conversation. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe.